Welcome to the Your Take Podcast. Welcome to episode two of the Your Take Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Stern, and today we'll be moving away from the late 90s, 2000s, and 2010s to the season that is about to restart in just a few weeks. We will be debating, will the 2020 NBA champion have an asterisk? Some quick background, it has been a wild last four months with the coronavirus spreading around the world, leading to the NBA season being postponed on March 11th after Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert tested positive. Now the season is finally ready to restart, but with some caveats. Only 22 of the 30 teams will report to Orlando, where they will play eight regular season games as opposed to the between 15 and 18 that most teams had left. There will potentially be playing games for the eight seeds, and then the normal playoff structure will begin. However, there will be no home court advantage of any kind for the higher seeds. We also have players either already sitting out or still considering sitting out due to health concerns, family matters, or because they don't want the season to be a distraction from the current fight against police brutality and systematic racism around the United States. All these factors lead up to our question, will the 2020 NBA champion have an asterisk? But before we get into our debate, let's meet our debaters, starting with Ethan Axelrod. Good afternoon, gentlemen. My name is Ethan Axelrad, representing the 703 DMV. For the two Philly fans out here, that stands for DC, Maryland, Virginia. Like Benj, I graduated from Indiana University this past spring, and I'm very excited to be a part of this cultural phenomenon started by the legend himself, Commissioner Stern. Don't let my ride or die knickerbockers fool you. I am a natural born winner. Let's get after it. And now let's meet our second debater, Jordan Heffler. Thanks, Ben. So I'll keep it short and sweet. My name is Jordan. I went to high school with Ben, so from the Philly area, diehard Sixers fan. Just graduated from Penn State, and I am, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. All right, so Ethan won the coin flip, elected to go first. So Ethan, tell me, tell me why the 2020 NBA champion will not have an asterisk. Sure, Ben. These unprecedented times call for a unified stance from the NBA personnel, media members, and fans like us. We all know the basis for this argument stems from the media manipulation of narratives surrounding the undisputed GOAT. Now, I'm not here to uh, list out the GOAT's sheer dominance over the last 17 years or his lasting impact on the game. I am here to tell you that he is one of the reasons we are having this conversation and that other players around the not have an asterisk if they were to win the championship this year as this player is positioned to do. Answer me this. If your favorite player on your favorite team captured his first, <laughs> Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, second, third, or fourth ring, would you give it an asterisk? The pinnacle of the sport will be on display in Orlando. Hoopers are going to hoop, and they will battle it out for an NBA championship. Boiling down all the narratives of this game to a singular force of winning a title. Now, who are we, okay, who are we to take the validity of their success and achievements away from them because of these crazy, unprecedented circumstances. You know, this requires us to stop with this defeatist attitude that this is this season doesn't even matter, that it's not legitimate. In my opinion, the achievement of winning this ring, given all these circumstances, should make this moment even more powerful and inspiring. And this could even be argued it's going to be the most impactful championship of all time. All right, Jordan, your turn. Tell me, why will the 2020 NBA champion have an asterisk? 
You know, Ethan, I really liked what you said about the crazy and unprecedented circumstances. And I, I couldn't agree more. What a strange, strange world we're living in. I mean, this is without a doubt the craziest thing that's ever happened in my lifetime, my parents' lifetimes, my grandparents' lifetimes. And I don't know about you, but it just seems like the world is scrambling to get back to normal right now. Speaking of abnormalities, let's talk about this NBA season, right? It'll certainly be marked with an asterisk as we look back on 2020 years from now. So the integrity of the playoffs have been completely compromised. I plan on driving home two points while we talk to help you understand why we won't have a true NBA champion this year. The first of which is the lack of home court advantage, as Bench pointed out earlier. Home court is no doubt a critical factor in every single professional sport, but I would make the argument that home court advantage is most important and most critical in the NBA compared to other, other professional sports leagues. Going through a playoffs without that advantage is not only unprecedented, but it will almost definitely never happen again. And further, I can't imagine an NBA playoffs without the league's most valuable asset, its players. I mean, we have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, two bona fide stars in the league, as well as a list of long, a long list of important role players, all of whom should be in the playoffs, and the absence of whom is drastically diluting the level of competition. The list of these players voluntarily sitting out continues to grow, and it's undermining the competitiveness of our postseason that we love. If there's one thing I know for sure, it's that down the road, I'm going to be watching a 30 for 30 that was made by this NBA season. It will forever be flagged in the NBA history books. Benj, back to you. All right, guys. Thank you for those opening statements. Uh, really, really cool to hear two, two very different opinions on whether we should or should not have an NBA asterisk. Either you guys want to start off kind of, kind of defending your take. I'll take uh, it. Yeah, so, sorry, Jordan. What did you say? Yeah, so I want to talk about one thing you mentioned that mm -hmm. we're not going to put an asterisk next to LeBron, who you view as the GOAT, if he wins a championship. And clearly you are a LeBron fan. You're going to argue for him. Well, I would give that away. <laughs> You're going to argue for LeBron being the GOAT. That's fine. I, I'd probably agree with you on that. But looking back on history, let's say that he doesn't win this season. And the Lakers have the number one seed right now, and they're, or they're poised to. Let's say he doesn't win because he gets bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Are you going to say, hey, he should have he won this season. They were killing it. His team had all the momentum. But because he was robbed of home court advantage, that's part of the reason that he didn't earn his fourth ring. Is, are you going to be able to point to that if he doesn't win? It's not just if he wins, he'll have an asterisk. There's a whole other flip side of it, too. Yeah, I understand that perspective, but the reason I think LeBron James is the best player of all time is not necessarily because of his championships. If it were, people could poke holes in that argument all day long. Now, in one in one aspect, yes, that's something that I would consider and something that would have to be considered in the in in the par in the argument of history for LeBron's career, but that's not something that I'd point to as being, oh, this is the reason he didn't win a fourth championship if he ever wins a fourth championship, which he probably will this time around. In I think that the whole point of this NBA season um, in playing in Orlando, you know, given that the whole situation has rapidly changed in the last few weeks, I know, you know, it may not even happen given the current pandemic situation that's that's brought up in Florida. But if it does happen and players do play and the bubble is intact, I think you're going to see the highest level of competition out of anyone and everyone who's involved. And I think part of what's going to make this championship so unique 
and an asterisk can have positive or negative connotation. Now, an asterisk could also mean, um, you know, when I say the positive connotation, it could be significant as one of the greatest championships or one of the greatest accomplishments a player or a team has ever gone through. You know, going through eight regular season games, having had an uh, unimaginable amount of layoffs and equitable access to facilities and training staff and personnel, and then having to play those eight games and then play a grueling postseason schedule that's not abbreviated. It's going to be the normal seven-game series. Uh, you know, that, that to me is some of the hardest, most intense basketball you're going to see. You know, these players are not going to have to deal with, you know, hecklers, with TV timeouts. They're going to be playing nonstop hard for 48 minutes, okay? Part of what also makes this situation so unique, like you said, is the people who, the players who, because of social injustice, um, are speaking out and choosing time to spend with either family or with uh, uh, helping out in the community. I think that's great, and that definitely promotes the NBA's message. Um, but I think also playing in Orlando will allow these players to get their voices heard even more and speak out more about social injustice. Kind of talking about the home court advantage real quickly. So obviously it's pretty unprecedented. This is probably the first season in any of the four major sporting events playoff-wise and ever where the, home, the higher seeds did not have some kind of home court advantage. And if you look at the stats since 2000, every single play, if you look at every single playoff game since 2000, the home team has won 64.5% of the time. From 2009 to 2018 in those playoffs, the home team has won game seven 75% of the time. The NBA, the NBA playoffs are generally known for not having that many upsets. If you look since 2000, only eight of the 40 finals teams have had a seed lower than number two, and only three of the 40 finals teams have had a seed lower than three since the year 2000. However, if you look at the teams currently in the East, the Bucks are pretty heavy favorites. They're minus 250 to represent the Eastern Conference in the finals. And then the Lakers and Clippers have pretty even odds, but after that, no one is really close. Do you guys think that depending on which teams make it out, make it to the finals will have an impact on whether or not there is an asterisk? If we see Lakers, Bucks, or Clippers, Bucks, maybe less inclined, but if we see something like Raptors, Rockets in the finals, it could be a, a little more indicative that the season really was different. So what do you guys think? How do you guys think the teams that ultimately end up in the finals could affect whether or not there is, there is an asterisk? So, Badge, I'm glad you pointed out the teams that are heavily favored to make it to the finals because if you think about the Bucks and the Clippers, part of what makes those teams so strong is their role players, right? The role players and the depth that they have and how deep into their bench they can go are what sets them apart from a lot of other teams in their conferences because they can play a much harder game, each individual player can at least. And what dilutes away from that and really bothers me about this season that we're going to see is those role players are not going to be given the platform to come alive as they would if they were playing at home. I mean, a lot of the things we see in the playoffs is a guy like a J.R. Smith or a Matthew Delvadova. They really come alive because they're, they have the home fans cheering them on. And that springs some really spectacular games that we don't see from them on the road. So if that platform is taken away from them, we, we might not see a team like the Bucks or the Clippers be as strong because they're not going to be as deep as they would have been. You, Jordan, I, you're attributing, I feel like, a lot of player performance to the environment they play in. And that that is 100% valid to an extent. These guys know how to play basketball. They're in the NBA for a reason. So teams like the Clippers and the Bucks. in my opinion, their role players are going to see an even larger increase of playing time because not only is this, is this pandemic going to pose a risk to the players 
who are playing in these games, they're, you know, they're going to have multiple opportunities to shine on the biggest and brightest stage. Let's say, hypothetically, Chris Middleton were to contract COVID somehow, and Giannis is left with his supporting cast to kind of figure out where to go from there. Now, if the Bucks are really a true finals contender, then these role players would step up and show Giannis that, that they're really there to help support him and win him a championship. That's not how it works. The whole point of playing hard in the regular season is being able to have the home court advantage where the role players can come alive. Look, I'm a Sixers fan. I saw J.J. Redick last year hit a ton of threes at home. He was terrible on the road. Mike Scott, the same thing. Fergon Korkmaz, the same thing. These guys know how to play well at home, and the whole reason for them wanting to compete in the regular season is so they can have the home court advantage. Jordan, them, Jordan, don't you think that the, the role players from the role players from both teams are going to be dealing with the same issues? Like, no, no role players are ever going to have a home game. All the role players are going to be playing. They're not true NBA Role players don't rise to the occasion because the entire point of being a true NBA champion is being able to deal with the adversity of playing on the road and being able to play with the strength of playing at home. That's what makes a true NBA champion. I, I, I mean, you just touched on adversity, but this whole situation will really show who the true strong-willed and strong-minded role players are. Think about it this way. Think if you're a role player, like let's say a Landry Shamit, who used to play for your Sixers and is now on the Clippers. Let's say he comes into to the, the postseason and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are really lacking. And it's a neutral court site. They're playing against like a team like the Mavericks. And Luka's just hitting shot after shot. You think Landry Shamit is worried if he's at home or on the road and needs to step up and hit a three off of, of a screen? I think if he's a truly strong-willed role player who is ready to rise to the occasion, he can do it. These players have had nothing but time off to get their mind right and prepare for what is sure to be a grueling postseason and some abbreviated regular season. But for you to, to, to completely discredit them and say that they need to be at home to really step up and elevate their game, I think is really just a detriment to the, the strength of players in the NBA. Now, do players have an off night and do players get influenced by the crowd at, to an extent? Sure. But I'm sure you can find countless examples of home players who are really good stars or even role players drink in the moment. Think about, think about Kyle Lowry when he was playing with DeMar DeRozan. Star. Well, yeah, star. And he would routinely come up short in the playoffs at home against LeBron. Now, was LeBron guarding him? Sure. Were the Cavs a little bit better team? Sure. Were the Cavs better team sometimes? Sure. But that, that, that argument falls flat on its face because you can point to countless examples of home players not showing up and players on the road showing up just, uh, just you know, in, in a more severe extent. So you would prefer to have an NBA playoffs forever without a home court advantage because you think that is a true testament to the strength of a team. You want to you get rid of that altogether. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that this experience will really show the strong-willed and strong and strong determination of players. The reason I don't think this is going to have an asterisk is because it's going to show the and the casual NBA fans and the diehard NBA fans who showed up to Orlando, who was ready to hoop, who was ready to put all the other BS aside of everything that's going on in the bubble and come out on top. To me, that's the strongest sign of a true champion right there, overcoming all obstacles. So you're talking about being ready to play hard and being ready to come to Orlando and hoop. Let's talk about one of the strong teams in the West, the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic just got diagnosed with the coronavirus. So he's going to be out of commission for who knows how long. Do you think Do you think that he should have an asterisk or the Nuggets should have an asterisk because their star player isn't going to be in prime physical shape before the playoffs? You know, that's, a, that's an interesting point. I think... 
that because basketball is a team sport powered by superstars, it's very important to have your superstar available for the postseason. Now, let's say hypothetically, if the Grizzlies had all their team had all their stars intact, had all their players intact, and they ran through the West because Kawhi Leonard got COVID, and then Nikola Jokic, who has COVID, couldn't come back, and LeBron and AD were just not at full strength, or whatever it may be. You know, people could point to an asterisk, but for me, I think part of what makes a team so strong is the ability to have the next man up mentality. This is the impetus is more on the general managers for not constructing a strong enough team. If you didn't have a strong enough team to get to this point, right? You know, if you're the one seed like the Lakers, you got a pretty solid starting lineup and a few good, great bench players that can really help you win a team. Now, because LeBron James is so great and Anthony Davis is so great and those two players command so much money and attention and need the ball in their hands, maybe your team is not going to be as positioned to win a ring if one of those players goes down. That's something you think about for the future of your franchise. And now, and now, now, 100%, is it the impact of the situation where a transmittable virus can knock players out of commission? Sure. But, you know, what's to say in a, two years from now, when hopefully COVID's in the distant rearview mirror, a star player gets injured right before the postseason, and then people are going to say, well, that team was the best team all year, and they got hurt, and now they're going to have an asterisk? No. It's, it's just the way life goes. This is a completely different circumstance than getting injured. It's, it's a worldwide pandemic we're dealing with. So I would not like to compare that to an injury. And, but, Ethan, I know your Knicks aren't in the playoffs, but I want you to put yourself in the position of, let's say, a Nuggets fan, okay, since we're talking about Nikola Jokic. That's not playing the Nuggets GM for not crafting a strong enough surrounding cast because he was, he was constructing a team. Uh, around- all the teams, I'd be confident in the Nuggets to pull up with their depth, just saying. But continue. Yeah, but yeah you're not going to be – you're not going to – you're telling me that if Jokic doesn't play because of coronavirus or if he doesn't come out, come out strong because he was just diagnosed – that as a fan, you wouldn't rationalize the team not performing well because their star player got hit by something that's cursing the entire world right now. As a fan, you wouldn't say, Jordan, "Come let on, me, you know what, this- let me let me shift your argument just a tiny, just a little bit." Let's say we're in, let's say we're NBA Finals are about to start, and it's it's Lakers Bucks hypothetically, and night night before Game One, Giannis gets diagnosed with coronavirus, and not only is he missing that first game, he has to quarantine by himself. For a minimum of seven days, it could be at least three games. So if something like that happens, where is where's the rationale where there shouldn't be an asterisk where all of a sudden the Lakers are playing a Bucks team that's missing their superstar? It's a great question. You know, that's that's definitely um, that's definitely a great point. And I, I it's hard it's hard to think of a way to combat that. You know, my only sentiment is going back to the Nuggets fan rationale, Jordan. You know, I while, while yes, as a fan, I would be very disappointed, I think you can't get so focused on one team, given the fact that this whole situation is a detriment to everyone's health and everyone is at risk. I think going after, you know, even as a fan, you'd be disappointed. But as a whole community, it is our job to wrap ourselves around these players and support their decision to go to Orlando to risk health and safety. And if they do this and they get through it, to reward them with a championship, but also the benefit of the doubt that says, wow, you overcame the most obstacles. Now, Benj, that, given that current situation, that's hard for me to wrap my head around, and I don't even want to think about that because that would be the worst-case scenario as NBA fans that you know all three of us and everyone who's watching would, yeah. would, would be devastated by that. You know, But I think that given that circumstance, 
there's ways to go about, you know, re reorienting uh, how how you how you view that that final situation. You know, people would say LeBron had a cakewalk to the finals. LeBron, you know, knocked off Giannis. Giannis was too weak. But I think ultimately, if you are able to get through the whole NBA postseason, given all the injury, given all the pandemic concerns and and issues with the virus, if that were to happen, I still think I would say that LeBron and the Lakers did everything that they could to get to that point and win a championship. And I would sit, I would think of it as valid personally. Now I get, I understand that this was, this is uh, the whole point of the conversation, but I think you have to take the whole situation into account in that specific instance. So let's take the whole situation into account. You mentioned how you wanted to reward players that work hard and make it to Orlando and overcome the odds and play through this thing. Let's talk about all the players that aren't going to play. So we got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, who are both sitting out because they don't want to distract from the Black Lives Matter movement. DeMarcus Cousins isn't going to sign with a title contender because he's choosing to focus on rehabbing instead of actually... He Because I don't think that he values this season that much. He could easily sign with a, with a team contending for a ring, but he values going into free agency more than getting a ring. Uh, Davis Bertans is doing That's the same thing. <laughs> what are you saying? Classic boogie is what I was saying, but continue. Bertans is doing the same thing. He wants to make sure he's healthy going into free agency next year instead of being a competitor and trying to take his team to the playoffs. Um, Avery Bradley's sitting out. Trevor Reese is sitting out. So Lou Williams, like, Lou Williams I, and Dwight Howard I, might sit out. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, so what's your question, Jordan? So, like, how do you value that? LeBron, one of LeBron's starters is, getting, is sitting out. I know you're a LeBron fan, so is there going to be an asterisk next to one of his guys sitting out because he's one of the strikes? When you start handing out asterisks to specific players, I think that's, like, naive considering that the current situation, no, but no, but the current situation in in social reform and social justice and the Black Lives Matter movement is so much bigger than basketball. Basketball is a team. Oh, the players that go to Orlando. Why are you rewarding people that are distracting from or maybe not prioritizing the Black Lives Matter movement? That's so important. You, but my, one of my points earlier was that going to Orlando and having the TV time to talk. Given the amount of me- – there's going to be media there. There's going to be NBA personnel there. There's going to be opportunities to have interactions with players after a certain period of time, um, at least as part of the, the talks, to to have players' lounges where players are allowed to, to interact with one another after. I think it's about two weeks. Um, you know, that is going to do so much for social injustice in being able to collaborate, raise each other's platforms because people follow – professional athletes for a variety of different reasons. I could like Russell Westbrook's fashion statements. Personally, I don't, but I could be that kind of person. And I could like, you know, how Damian Lillard does community outreach. And if the two of them got together and hung out, even though there's all this fake NBA beef, even though they're really good friends in real life, I think it'd do great. And both of those players have spoken out about uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, social injustice, and they're very very active, and I think that would do wonders for promoting the NBA's brand, um, as well as promoting the social injustice that's going uh, on in the country. My 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 point about the other players who are sitting out is that they are more than entitled to do that. And if their teams win a ring and they didn't help, I'm not going to give them an asterisk. And I don't think anyone should because it's their choice. It's everyone's choice to go to the bubble. And we're not we're talking about players' lives, we're talking about their safety. And if they're willing to put that on the line, I think it's our job as as fans and as uh, people who work in the media to 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 r- rally behind them. All right, guys, this so, is, I just want to we're we're kind of starting to run, run a little short on time, but I kind of want each of you guys to kind of get one final one final statement in. 
So, all right. So, Ethan, uh, Ethan, why don't you start us off? Yeah. Tell us uh, for the last time, like, why the 2020 NBA champion will not have an asterisk. All right. So I got to say, before I get into my final statements, I have a few small points in history that are not related, but things that people talk about that um, uh, they say that there should be asterisks, but they're not. The Warriors' first ring without LeBron or with LeBron when you didn't have Kyrie Irving and Caleb. Now, I know these aren't related to the topic that we're talking about. I just wanted you guys to be aware of, you know, these kinds of things that happen that people don't talk about as much. Uh, Cavs win the next year because Draymond punches LeBron in the nuts. Uh, Warriors the following year took advantage of a salary cap spike that caused them to sign the best player in the world, even though the Cavs were a really good team, and they went 16-1 in the playoffs. The Rockets winning in 1994 and 1995 with no Michael Jordan in the league. Um, the 1999 NBA season, which was a lockout, uh, Tim Duncan won his first ring with David Robinson. They played 55 games or 50 games or whatever. Um, same in 2011-12 when LeBron won his first ring. So those are all things that happen that people don't talk about. In 2012, now that we're talking about history, do you remember who had the least number of wins that season? It was pretty historic. Oh, the Knicks. Oh, no, Sixers. Sixers. The Bobcats. Sixers. Was it the Bobcats? Oh, was it the next year the Sixers had the worst, had the yeah, fewest wins? The had the least number of wins in NBA history, but since it was a lockout year, if you go on basketball reference, there's actually an asterisk next to that year because of the fact that there were only 66 games played. So right. we're talking about a season where there are not a lot of games played and there was certain circumstances happening. There is actually a literal asterisk on basketball reference, so I want to take that into into play. <laughs> All right, that's fair. You know, basketball reference, media organization, opinionated, but whatever. I mean, stats, <laughs> but also has their own. Their nicknames are all fabricated, so let's be real there. Um, so my, my actual closing statement. Um, so, you know, the historical impacts of this championship is going to really shape the history of the league. You know, for me... Adversity and hardship really proves the testament of someone's will. And when push comes to shove, like the ability of these players to overcome all their obstacles to win a championship is the most significant achievement. In the real world, we accept things that change, and sports do too. Jordan, take it away. For the last time, why will the 2020 NBA champion have an asterisk? So I want to repeat the two points. I've been driving home the past 15 minutes. The NBA playoffs is simply not the NBA playoffs without home court advantage. It's why teams are incentivized to work hard in the regular season. It's where some players off the bench come alive. It is proven time and time again. And this NBA simply would not be the NBA without its players. The laundry list of players voluntarily sitting out continues to grow, and it's undermining the competitiveness of the postseason. Who knows who's going to be sitting out next? Ethan, all I got to say is, when there's a 30 for 30 made about this season years from now, just promise you'll give me a call. <laughs> They're going to call it the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. This was uh, definitely a lot of moving parts to think about in this debate. Obviously, things are changing all the time. Someone might be sitting out. Who knows when we get off this call, someone could be sitting out. So thank you both for making such a great discussion. Fans, again, now the debate is shifting to you. Make sure to click the link in the Your Take Podcast bio at Your Take Pod on Instagram and, or Twitter and Your Take pa Podcast on Facebook to have the opportunity to cast your vote for who won the debate between Ethan and Jordan. If you liked listening to this debate, there are more coming. Starting this week, we plan on releasing two debates a week. Episode three is coming on Thursday, where we will debate which finals run is more impressive. Allen Iverson leading the Sixers to the 2001 finals or LeBron James leading the Cavaliers to the 2007 finals. So we have another rousing debate coming for you guys on Thursday. Finally, if you want the opportunity to come on the show and debate your hot takes and your hot opinions like Ethan and Jordan did today, DM me on Instagram or Twitter at YourTakePod or comment on upcoming debate questions I will be posting. 
the comments with the most likes, the ones that I find most interesting. I'll reach out to you personally and invite you onto the show to debate your take. So thank you again, Ethan and Jordan, for a fantastic episode two. And I'm looking forward to episode three on Thursday. Have a good night. Thanks, Benj. Thanks, Benj.